0: Okay. Hey guys, welcome to our first podcast. It's called The Leak Room. Um, Before we get into, you know, the explanation of our our name and the topic that we're going to talk about today, we'll just go ahead and introduce ourselves. Um, I'll go first. My name is Esther. I am 24 (laughs) years old. Dang! (laughs) Um, And... I am going to be the moderator for today's podcast. About all the time. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: we didn't decide that. (laughs) Discussing that on a later date. (laughs) All right, Emily, you want to go? Hello, my name is Emily. Um, I am also (laughs) 24 years old and... What are we saying? Just our names and our age? Or are we saying like what I feel we like do? I wanted
2: to know more about us.
1: <laughs> I guess they'll figure, maybe they'll figure that out on the way. But yes, my name's Emily and I'm 24.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. All right, Lois? I'm Lois. <laughs> and I'm also 24.
3: <laughs> okay, Katie. <laughs> okay. Hi, guys. My name is Katie, and I am twenty-five minus one. (laughs) 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 Different. (laughs) Got switch it up, you
1: know. Yep, yep. Let's go.
0: Okay. Well, today we. Oh, before we get into the topic, let's let's explain why our podcast is called the Leak Room, Mm -hmm. and we literally made this name five minutes ago.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yes, Emily. You wanna explain? (laughs) So you know, like you know, girls, like there's that, there's that saying that girls go to the bathroom together what we do and when we do we talk about a lot of stuff like we're in the stalls next to each other and we're talking we're talking smack we're talking about just like our feelings we talk about everything so think about that the bathroom but who are we we're lois emily esther and katie what do those letters leak yes leak. (laughs) (laughs) and what do they also call going to the bathroom leaking so, <laughs> so you know everybody <laughs> so together it's going to make the leak room so this is where we come into this space this virtual space and it's like our bathroom because we can't physically be in the bathroom together this is our leak room and we're gonna leak amen <laughs> yeah <laughs> so welcome to the leak room
0: oh thank, thank you thank you <laughs> All right, let's go take a leak together, guys.
1: Yeah. That sounds so weird. (laughs) Take it away, moderator. What's our first topic?
0: (laughs) So today, we're going to talk about the different types of personality tests out there, Mm. but more specifically, the Myers-Briggs test and the Enneagram. Um, Personally, I like Myers-Briggs a little bit better. I think I'm in the minority group because a lot of people have been really like talking about the Enneagram, but... I think I told you guys this, but like, I don't really know what number I am. I mm. keep getting like different numbers every time I take it. Mm-hmm. So when I look at the Enneagram, it's like more complicated, and then the Myers Briggs is like very straightforward because it's like mm. either you're extroverted or introverted, or you're thinker or feeler. So I think I kind of gravitates towards Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys.
2: I just feel like the Enneagram is a little more like detailed than the Myers-Briggs because the Myers-Briggs is literally four different letters and that's pretty much it but I feel like the enneagram kind of goes more into it and I feel like it tells you a little bit more about your personality rather than like one or the other because the Myers-Briggs only has like two right two categories for each letter that you can choose
3: between so I personally like the enneagram
0: Mm, that's true
3: We should explain what MBTI and Enneagram is in case people don't know what Mm. we're leaking about. Take it away, Katie. I I don't know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) So um, from my knowledge as a psych (laughs) major who doesn't remember anything else from psych classes, the Myers-Briggs type indicator um, is a personality test with 16 different variations. And it's based on four different dimensions. There's extroverted extroversion
1: Dude, she's are you this reading this or did you brown brown this? this? <laughs> i am
3: reading this. i'm trying to educate i'm trying to educate you know mm-hmm. um so it's based on four different dimensions there's extroversion introversion sensing intuition thinking versus feeling and judging and perceiving and so your type is a combination of each of these qualities and it's based on how you answer these 93 type questions and it's more of um catered towards people that might like a more static version of their personality. Whereas Enneagram, it's more, it goes into like different personality strategies that people use to relate to themselves, other people in the world, by looking at like your your deadly sins, your, your basic fears, your core motivations, and existential like drives guys you guys are laughing too hard i'm trying to i'm trying to help thank you Professor good. Lee. it's good
1: yeah good
0: wow that was so professional thank you Katie. Mm-hmm. and she, she was like oh i don't i don't know much about that
1: <laughs> but
3: wikipedia does <laughs> thanks google
0: maybe we should just start with one of them though okay which one should we start with mars rakes Myers Briggs yep. is it's like easier. I
1: mm-hmm. feel like that one's more well known.
0: Let's try to guess each other's Myers Briggs. I'm pretty sure, sure I, I know y'all's Myers
1: Briggs.
0: But um wait, I actually think all of us are different. Yeah, I think
1: so too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. How about I I guess Lois. Lois guess Katie and Katie guess Emily and Emily guess me. Okay. Okay. So I think. So I know Lois says she is something, but I feel like she's the other. <laughs> <laughs> so she says she's ISTJ, but she sometimes I think gets ISFJ too. It's so like T mm. and F are kind of like back and forth, but she's an ISTJ, right? Uh nah,
1: I always get T. <laughs> so F is very close. <laughs> yes, yes. Wait, so can you clarify the letters? So you said IS. So uh, introverted.
0: J. introverted, sensing, thinker, and uh, judging, which is like organizational. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, let guess, Katie. Katie,
2: I. I don't know the S and the N that well.
3: Um. <laughs> I think I see it as S is more um, detail oriented. And then N you're looking at bigger picture. Oh.
0: And technically S is like you use your senses, like you're hearing things or you're hearing, seeing, touching to make decisions, whereas N is intuitive, like you're using your intuition to like mm. make decisions.
3: I S F J. Ding ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> nice Nice. i don't think i ever change (laughs) myers-friggs honestly um okay i'm gonna guess emily i think um, you'd be an infp yep yeah (laughs) spontaneous (laughs) doesn't go by the
1: calendar (laughs) yep um and i'm pretty sure esther's was estj
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember Emily's because she's the exact opposite yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> how are you guys friends? I know, um, right? <laughs> Are we friends yeah. <laughs> now? Opposites attract.
0: She's, wait, that's crazy how all of us are different.
1: Yeah. Emily and Esther,
3: with your different personality types, was there ever a moment where you thought and looked at your, uh, your Myers-Briggs and thought you wouldn't get along because of this person was they thought a different way
1: Hmm. I mean we met in high school junior year and I feel like honestly Myers-Briggs wasn't even a thing until like college I don't know if it was just not a thing for me or if it just became more popular when we were in college but dude in high school I mean we were just friends which is like interesting because that's like one of my questions I guess is that Like, I feel like these days the Myers Briggs test and like Enneagram less so, but Myers Briggs. I feel like when you join a club or you meet someone for the first time, like a lot of times they'll ask you, like, from the get go, like, what's your Myers Briggs? But I wonder, I mean, it's pretty general like, I feel like it doesn't tell too deep into the personality as, like, Enneagram might, but for Myers-Briggs, like, honestly, like, I wonder if, like, in high school, like, I met Esther, and it was like, hi, my name's Esther. I'm an ESTJ, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I'm Emily. I'm an INFP. We won't get along. (laughs) We just, like, didn't become friends, but I mean, like, yeah, that's why, as much as I think it's, like, a fun, like, tidbit, like, I feel like when I hear it, I I try not to, like, think too deeply into it because honestly like I mean me and Esther have been friends for so long and I don't feel like any like clashes or like anything happened as a result of like our Myers Briggs so yeah to answer your question I feel like it doesn't it didn't really matter like it's good to know but yeah what about you Esther
0: um I would say kind of like same thing we I maybe it's because like I don't really pay attention to it either but I don't really recall a moment where i was like oh because she's at or because she's an f and i'm a T. Like, <laughs> i don't think i've have ever had that moment but i do think like just myself personally i actually gravitates towards people who are like different um because when i look around me i have a bunch of like feelers and a lot of like introverted people like mm-hmm. all of my close friends are kind of similar in their um myers-briggs. So I think it's actually the opposite where I feel like I get along with people who are like different, Mm -hmm. maybe because I'm like interest, like it's very interesting to like see how they like make decisions and how they like work as a person. Mm -hmm. But yeah.
3: Yeah, I definitely think it helps inform my perspective of a person and how I would act around them or make decisions around them or um, maybe ask them certain questions because like with people that are very spontaneous or like Emily they Mm. they don't mind like if you know you just wake up at 5 a.m or like let's go watch the sunrise or whatever but like for people that like a set schedule it's like okay I should work with their preferences and what they like to do so then you're not clashing Mm. but I think that's the extent of like how I use that to like um, make judgments about people I don't think it
2: really is like the first thing that pops up into anyone's head when they're like determining who they're going to be close to or like who they're going to be friends with if anything I just feel like it was just like an icebreaker question when we started going to college that like everyone would just ask just for the fun of it and to like open up the conversation Mm. I think it does help you like understand the other person a little better and also just kind of like I guess this is different, like, love language is a little, little different from this, but I think it's kind of similar in a sense, like, you just learn, like, how this person feels most loved or, like, why they think a certain way and, like, why maybe they might be annoyed by this. I think it just gives you just, like, more depth of knowledge, I guess, into, like, why... Um, sometimes they might feel a certain way for example like if I want to be comforted maybe I'll go to a feeler versus a thinker or like if I need like Mm. constructive criticism I might just go to a thinker like I feel like those are the different things that um you learn from it but overall I feel like everyone's a spectrum of everything which is kind of Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it's also because we're not like all of us aren't like extremes we're all kind of in the middle for all of it
1: so. I think I'm actually in the 98th percentile for all of them. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm 98% like feeler, like 98% like... <laughs> Wait, like
0: it's pee. weird though, because for Emily, like even though you you say you're 98% feeler, when we like, let's say we were talking about something and we someone is like like sharing something, like an issue, you always give like very logical... Like almost thinker advice, I would say. And so it's maybe it's like when you have to make decisions for yourself, it's different. But at least when you're giving advice to us, I always thought you give the
1: most like logical advice. Mm. I think maybe it sounds like I'm giving, I don't like in the end, like I'm still being a feeler doesn't make you an illogical person. Like I would say, because for me, I think I would say being a feeler, my biggest strengths are maybe like empathy or like being able to like understand how they're feeling. And from there, like I'm able to like kind of think, okay, if they're feeling like this in this situation, what would I do if I'm in there? So I guess that's where the feeler aspect comes in. Whereas I feel like thinker, like it's different because they don't understand. Like, I remember having a conversation with Caleb. Y'all know Caleb. He is the (laughs) t. He's like a super thinker. And I remember we were in the car and like we were talking about something and I was so intrigued because like, I was talking about like my feelings and how like, (laughs) oh, like this person felt this way and my heart just broke. Or like, I was like tearing up just thinking about that. And he's like, why don't they just like do this and fix the problem? And it's like, (laughs) it's a logical answer that he's giving, but it's not really informed by his feelings. Like, I feel like if I said that to the person, they wouldn't have taken it the right way. But I think when you're a feeler, you're able to kind of like think like, okay, they feel this way. So from where they're feeling, what's like kind of I guess, good advice to be able to give them in that moment that they're feeling a certain way. So it's not really like, like feelers still think and thinkers still feel, but I feel like there's like a little like difference in like how you can connect with another person. And I'm sure in like your own decisions too, but yeah.
0: Um, What do you guys think is a category that you personally wish you were different in? Like, oh, I wish I was more, for me, I wish I was more of a feeler. And I think I'm getting a little softer (laughs) and (laughs) becoming more feely (laughs) as I'm getting older. And also, um, I I see the pros of being a P over a J. And I think I'm slowly kind of changing that way, too. Not drastically, but yeah.
1: Uh, I feel like I would... The only thing I can see myself like wanting to change in is maybe like E&I because I think first of all people are surprised when I say I'm an introvert because I feel like in like group settings or like personality wise like there's kind of this like, like idea that introverts are like the shy one or like they're the ones that don't talk or like feel uncomfortable and I don't think I feel like that in like group settings or anything but I do think like the reason I'm an I is 100% due to the fact that when I'm in like social gatherings and stuff like I'll be super high energy and like socializing with like people like very comfortably but I run out of energy and like at night I'll be like wiped or like I do have like a capacity where it's just like kind of like I definitely don't come out of it feeling like rejuvenated by like social energy so I think in that way it's like honestly like knowing that my personality, like, as a person is, like, like, I have fun in those settings. I would wish that I'm an extrovert and I came out of those settings feeling, like, refreshed. Because, like, I know a lot of people are, like, oh, yeah, like, like, when I'm, I get, like, pumped up when I'm with other people. And I do, too, but it just, like, crashes, like, at the end. Like, I'm just, like, oh, like, I need my alone time. So, yeah, I would want to change probably the I to an E. What about you, Lois?
0: Um, I think similarly,
2: I think the I to the E I think like I'm, I'm for that one I think I'm pretty on the extreme too for the introverted part I think like especially in college like before like every like one-on-one or like before every like loitering session before GMs I would actually get like so like I would hate those moments like having to like meet new people go out mm-hmm. and like talk to them first <laughs> and, like even like before I have to like eat with someone like in the moment I'll hit them up and be like okay like let's eat next week and then like right the day of like right like five minutes before I'm supposed to meet them I'll get so anxious and like try to think of all these questions I need to ask them about and be like so scared of like awkward silences but I think like that's kind of like still hard like when I'm in a new setting like it takes me a really long time to like um adapt and like get to know someone and like open up and like show the real side of me I guess like um, Cause I think everyone's impression of me is like genuine generally like very, very quiet and just like calm and stuff. What no you girl, think? you wild. <laughs> 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 so yeah, if anything, that would be the only part, but I think kind of like what Esther mentioned in the beginning, I have people around me that are the opposite that can do that for me. Like mm. I don't have to be the one to be talking all the time. And I feel like that natural, that's kind of naturally how like your friend groups form, I guess. Now that I think about it, I do have, more friends that are able to like leave the conversation or like ask questions mm. or like just be more fun and bring out that part of me so I think that also plays a big role so if I had to choose I would choose it but it's fine.
1: Wow <laughs> friends are just friends are just people that are compensating for each other in the end that's what that's what we're learning right now. <laughs> wow
2: words of wisdom. <laughs>
1: You know, what's really funny
3: is that when I was listening to Lois talk about like meeting someone to eat dinner or like a lunch or a meal with, um, did you guys ever feel like right before it was supposed to happen or like day of, like something comes up and they have to like cancel it and you get like secretly happy because <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, that's happened to me a couple of times. And that's like yeah. the introverted part of me coming out.
0: hmm. For sure, I've had those moments, but usually yeah. they're with people that I'm like not really close to. Mm.
3: <laughs> and then you never reschedule, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Esther, my question to you was, was there um a reason why you wanted to become more of a feeler type than a thinker?
0: Oh yeah. Um I think it's just not really not really about how I make decisions because I think I still like making decisions based off like logic. Um, more so than my feelings but I do feel like I lack sometimes um, feeling connected to my emotions so like being able to um, like determine what I'm feeling at certain points and I think that's just emotional health I think is a very important aspect of your health in general and so being able to identify your feelings and process that I think is a very good trait to have so I think in that, general like sense I want to be more in tune with my emotions and you know most feelers are a lot better with processing their emotions and expressing their emotions so I think in that way I want to be more of a feeler and I'm learning to do that by like surrounding myself with people who are feelers Uh, yeah Mm. how about you Katie
3: Mm, I think one trait that I would want to change or be more mindful of is my J versus P. So actually, scratch that. (laughs) I think I would want a J. (laughs) I think I would want to be more of an N than an S. I get very caught up in like the small details and my current role right now requires me to be very strategic. And that's Mm. one of the areas of opportunity that, that I want to improve in because it's kind of hard when you're just like walking through the weeds and trying to look at every single small part of the picture before like making a decision whereas people that look at the bigger picture and like um they're not caught up so much in the small details are able to like move a little bit faster and just iterate on their mistakes that they make so i think that would be one part that i would want to change or be mm-hmm. a little bit more intuitive about Mm -hmm. do you think there's anything that people seem to misunderstand about you or your personality like maybe on a first impression is there um, a common like personality that people think about you before meeting you but then it quickly changes
0: oh that's a good question for me I think a lot of kind of similar but The other way for me is people think I'm introverted, uh, but I'm not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I do first give off maybe like a shy vibe and maybe like more reserved and calm, which I think I still am. It's just that I'm not like I still love being around people. And if I had to choose ever being by myself or be with other people, I would always choose being with other people. So mm. I think that's probably why people think I'm
3: like <laughs> intimidating.
0: <laughs> people think I'm intimidating.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think I hear that more often than shy. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it'd be fun if we can we can also talk about how we viewed each other at first and then it changed oh. too. Because that might be different, like how we first saw each other. <laughs> Cause that kind of goes off with that too. I think I took Esther as very reserved and like quiet.
3: And kind of scary. <laughs> See,
1: <Yeah. it's> scary. <laughs> scary. Scary is <laughs>
3: synonymous with
1: intimidating. <laughs> oh my goodness. <gasps> I mean, again, in high school, like, I don't really think that far into things. But I mean, (laughs) Esther was like, Esther was like, cute little Asian girl, (laughs) like the Asian transfer student. So I didn't think and I don't think intimidating was in my vocabulary (laughs) back then. But yeah, I would say I didn't I wouldn't necessarily have chalked her up to be like an extrovert. But I also think like that could have partially been because she was a transfer. So like, obviously, like, I think, like, we as people that had gone to that school for so long we're just used to it so it's like very like comfortable and like it's easier to be like louder or more out there but i will say like i remember when esther first like came to our school like she started like joining Randall like clubs and like she started a club with someone i'm like dude like i feel like such a like a dropout i'm just like i've gone to this school since the beginning and like I like didn't try to do many like extracurriculars or anything so I guess like maybe in that way is where her like being extroverted showed because I feel like she like met more people and started trying to get involved whereas like I would like me as an extrovert I might meet people but not like necessarily go out of my way to like get involved in a lot of things so yeah that was my I guess first impression. I
2: feel like she has an egg yolk. Uh, she doesn't show to us to other people can you
1: uh explain what aegyo is to the non-korean audience <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm sure most of our audience will be korean <laughs> Esther since you
2: have the most aegyo can you explain please
0: what the heck we can all agree here that Katie has
1: <laughs> the most aegyo so whoa, whoa, whoa. because none of them aegyo. are explaining it aegyo is like that word like cutesy it's like you got that you got that little like you got that cutesy that little charm <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> like I don't know what the English translation it's like that girl that when you say like no you can't buy that well like look up with you like, look up at you with those eyes and, like, slightly tap you, that's egg Please that's tell you me you. I don't do that. Yeah. That's uh, Katie does that. Please Katie tell me does me that. I don't do that. Esther oh does that. Goodness. All of y'all do that. <laughs> okay, but
2: actually, I think I heard her maybe, like, talk to, like, a like older sister maybe or someone or, like, and I've never... Also, our apartment doesn't hug each other and, like,
1: except for Katie. Can I try. <laughs> <laughs> so is you... You Lois, don't hug people. It's literally only you. I don't know why you're saying my apartment doesn't hug each other. Like, you don't hug us. <laughs> wait, like, <it's> straight up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait.
2: When you, okay, when Esther, Emily, and I hang out, we never hug to oh, say hi true. or bye.
1: So it's not <laughs> only me okay well Lois you're uncomfortable with it me and Esther can't just be hugging on the side while you stand off so me and Esther honestly before we met you we used to always hug we used to hug and I used to carry her and swing her around but then ever <laughs> since you joined, we're like man we can't do this in front of Lois she doesn't like hugging and then we just stop touching each other like completely
0: Aidy you need to come back ever since you left our apartment has been very dry
1: <laughs> <laughs> where's the physical touch actually that's probably not a good idea during COVID <laughs> oh yeah yeah maybe it's for the best <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I totally lo- forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> um, don't you guys agree that Esther has aegyo? That she doesn't shows to particular people, I feel like.
1: I feel like maybe to older people, mm-hmm. but it's not like the stereotypical aegyo. I, I don't even know if aegyo is like necessarily the right word for it. But I think there's a reason Esther gets along with a lot older people. And I feel like older people would define like Esther as cute, you know? Whereas like for like people around her age, like I feel like it's more like independent, like leader. <laughs> yeah, like, we're intimidating. Yeah, and maybe that's why. Maybe because she's a leader to us or like very like kind of strong to us, like for older people, maybe it's the one area that she can let that guard down and not necessarily be our, our leader. Wow, that's ah, so deep. That's <laughs> at Again, the bottom. Feel her, feel her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next person. How about Lois? What was your first impression of Lois? <laughs> Oh I have I always say this, but
3: Lois is very cold. <laughs> we have a very friendly apartment.
0: <laughs> I, everyone knows this, but when I first met Lois, she like did not even bother <laughs> saying hi. <didn't> what bother <laughs> acknowledging me. It's because I I visited her church and uh, I went there for like a month or two. And literally, like, we never interacted, we never had a conversation, and we like didn't become friends until we both got into UCLA. Yeah,
1: but on paper, yeah. you guys did a lot together, didn't you guys like <laughs> go to a Dodger game together, like Catalina? But yeah, y'all weren't we friends. Did.
0: We did. Yeah, <laughs> we had one. We had Nadi. Natty. Natty was the the bridge between mm-hmm. us. If Nadi mm-hmm. wasn't there, Lois and I were like strangers. <laughs> I don't say hi to new people. I'm sorry. <laughs> You got better at it, though.
2: It did get better.
0: Hard to get, Lois.
2: <laughs> I've never said hi to... Actually, I was nice to Katie when I first met her. When she came to Everyone's our first nice to or something.
1: Dude, are you kidding me? Katie is so easy to be nice to. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, I'm not easy to be nice to. No, heck nah. <laughs> no.
0: No. <laughs> um, also, Lois, I think it's like... She, her, What she gives off is very different from who she actually is like she can come off as like very like strong and stoic and very expressionless but I would say we always say this but she's like the most sensitive and oh
3: heck yeah (laughs) what and Lois what's your favorite color again
0: pink
2: (laughs) (laughs) there you go ladies and gentlemen there you go But I don't wear pink but I have everything
0: pink literally Mm -hmm. everything pink
2: (laughs) yeah that has nothing to say about my personality yeah. Emily, let's you talk about Emily. No, <laughs> no, no we need to done. keep talking about
1: Lois. We're not done. My experience with Lois, it's like funny because I met Lois on her birthday like a couple days before our first year of college and it was like with Esther. So here I am, the third person going in on Esther and Lois, but as you can see, Esther and Lois weren't close, but I think like in college, you're like trying to connect with the only people you know. So we went to watch a movie. We like, it went to Starbucks, I think. And I straight up like, remember, like, I was like, oh, like Lois is Esther's friend. I'm going to be her friend too. (laughs) And like, obviously they weren't friends, but yeah, I remember I think I even got like Lois like a like I remember I think I got her something from Urban Outfitters for her birthday because it was just like on the way. I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to form a lasting bond with this person and it's her birthday. So I'm going to get her something. So I got her like I think it was like a perfume stick. stick perfume. Yeah, yeah. That I remember that because it was like so cute. It was like a little bunny. But yeah, so my first impression of Lois was like, oh, she's friends with Esther. So therefore we're like she must be a friendly person. But boy was I wrong. <laughs> oh, no. But I agree. I agree that Lois's like outward personality is very deceiving about what's inside. This girl loves Sailor Moon. She like loves like so such like cutesy things. And like, there's this running joke where Lois doesn't know how to smile and she like covers her mouth or like, see, she's covering her mouth right now. Y'all can't see, but we're zooming and straight up, like every time she laughs, for some reason, she just like covers her mouth. But like, even when she smiles, it's a straight line. Like you can tell she's smiling, but it's just a line. And so that's why she got like that title of like stoic Lois. But yeah, I think, I think Lois's outward. Like what you perceive her is like completely different from like who she actually is. Like a pineapple. Yeah, exactly. Or coconut. Katie, explain your first encounter with the Lolo.
3: You know, with the Lolo, I was, Um, it was a very warm encounter actually. It was in wow. SLR. Wow. Yeah, exactly. it was in SLR. I was <laughs> you got new. the best
1: version of her.
3: <laughs> I was new to KCM, and she had offered to swipe me for a meal. And anyone who wow. offered to swipe me for a meal became my friend. <laughs> <pick. laughs>
2: oh,
1: Katie just used us. Yeah. No took. <laughs> used and abused. <laughs>
3: So I had a very good impression of us. I know I had a feeling that she was more on the quiet side um, because she would just like, I'll be like working in SLR and then she would come up to me and then she would she would actually hug me awkwardly, like a side hug. You gave what? me a side hug once. Dude, what the
0: F? Dang, and then Katie she- <laughs> got
3: a different Lois. <laughs> I think that was the first and only hug for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then she would walk away. But yeah, I mean, I feel like, since then it was just easy ride
0: easy ride
1: all right <laughs> nice
3: okay
0: let's move on to katie what was Yeet. your first impression of katie <laughs> i feel like katie's the same katie yeah i think katie is like the most consistent and also like probably the best first impression i feel like i changed so much
3: since i first joined kcm oh <laughs> <laughs> that will be a topic for another day internal change. (laughs) Katie is
0: just like a very like first of all, she's like a very smiley person. So it's like not intimidating like at all to like approach her. Um and I just I think the fact that we asked her to be our apartment mate after like knowing her for like two months goes to show how great of an impression that we
3: had of her. I hope that was the case. (laughs) Did you guys have a like a dorm
1: name for the three of you? Cheslow Barnes. Yeah, Cheslow Barnes. Or Barnes yeah. & Noble. Yeah, no, it Shout was Barnes & Noble was me and Esther. Like, you were and in that, so I don't really count that. So it's Cheslow Barnes. Yeah, so Chester, Lois, Barnacle. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. That rolls off the tongue very easily.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I swiped Katie too. Honestly, like, I don't actually recall having much of a relationship with Katie before we asked her to be our apartment mate. And honestly, I think back then it was like, in my mind, it was just, she was the best option out of like the options that I guess were left. (laughs) Because like, you know, when you're choosing apartments, like you're like looking for like, like, I feel like we had a solid four and we were just looking for that fifth. And like, I think Katie just seemed like the best option, even though I honestly didn't know her. But I remember, I think Esther and Lois, both of you guys vouched for her. So... I remember after that, I was like, oh, I need to, like, get to know her because we're going to, like, live together. So, I remember swiping her. And I think she posted, like, a picture. And she's like, thanks for swiping me. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're friends now. <laughs> you met but, the bar for friendship. Yeah. It's weird because, like, I, I mean, everyone's like, oh, like, Katie is super, like, smiley and, like, very, like, kind looking. And I don't distinctly remember, like, looking at her and thinking, oh, she looks like a kind person. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Mean. <laughs> no, not that either. I just don't remember like like putting much weight, in, I guess what you looked like or anything like that. But I do think it was like helpful that you were like going out to sovereign, like the same church. So I feel like for there, like in that area, we just got more opportunities to like hang out with each other. And I was like, oh, she cool. She falls asleep during service a lot. But yeah, she's cool.
3: <laughs> hey, <I'm laughs> praying hard. <That's,
1: laughs> I think you're
3: dude, I think you're misunderstanding my intention. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was really working on my prayer. <laughs> dude,
1: you must be a pro now.
2: <laughs> but I agree. Most consistent.
1: Mm, yeah, I think Very like consistent. that
2: motherly caring vibes like carried mm. on over through our apartment. Like
1: she would always cook for us, like clean A whole grain pancakes. <laughs> it's like what's wrong with half grain? Like oh yeah, with her like two two percent milk. It's like what's wrong with we're not whole supposed milk? to drink cow's milk, guys? Yeah, the only
2: <laughs> thing is like we didn't realize how hangry she gets. No, oh,
1: yeah. that one. <laughs> that was one time it was, no, not it was like one nine time. times dude you could tell when it's katie coming in the door because she's you hear grocery bags in. and yeah. she's stomping five seven <laughs> yeah
0: she's like five Throws her backpack Wait, seriously though at one point while we, we were living together i could really recognize everyone's footsteps yeah. like i don't yeah. even have to turn around to see <laughs> who it is i just know mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, You know, the jingle of their keys, the like step of their footsteps, how they throw off their shoes. There's some people that throw it off and some people that just silently like take it off. (laughs) Some of us use slippers too. That was a telltale sign.
0: (laughs) All right. What about Emily? Emily's first impression. Emily was so weird and she's still so weird. (laughs) Wait, I feel like your guys' first impression is going to be very different from my first impression. Um, I saw her in high school. I think... We always say this to people, but like we were actually close than like closer friends than we thought we were. But back then I remember Emily was so like I thought she was like it's <laughs> gonna get big headed, but I thought she was the coolest one <laughs> of the whole entire group.
1: I was <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: How many people were in this group?
0: Boy, was I mistaken. <laughs>
1: Dude. Nah, you had a good eye back
0: then. <laughs> it's because our friend group in high school they were very different from us and I think Emily yeah. and I were the most similar and we were like the most sheltered like we didn't really go out with like our friends to hang out <laughs> so you said you thought I was cool? guys the losers <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were the coolest of the losers <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I was a loser back then. So, my opinion of who was the coolest doesn't really matter.
1: I was was the god of the (laughs) the
0: losers. (laughs) Yeah, so that's my impression. I was like, oh, she's pretty cool. Like, oh, she can draw really well. She can sing really well. So, I was like, oh, she's pretty talented. And then we came to college, and then, you know, you guys can go on from there. What was your impression of her?
1: The next one that met me was Lois
0: yeah
2: in order yeah i think like in the beginning she didn't show she doesn't show like her like full-on funny side right away i feel like especially if it's in a smaller group if anything i noticed her like in the big groups i was surprised by how easily like she would like get along with all these new people like these older older these older um (laughs) what are they called
1: upper class upper class and
2: and like i remember like emily was like known to be like this funny freshman that came in like in kcm i think she had like a rep that was like you would always like photoshop people and like post like funny memes and all that stuff i was usually the victim of those memes (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. i feel like in some ways like i think emily is still pretty consistent but i think like you just see more of her as you get to know her i
0: think Mm. Mm -hmm.
2: Like nothing much different or drastic but uh, I think like the serious side like where like we do have like serious conversations or like talk about deep things and like the constructive like things and advice that come out of her I feel like that's kind of different a little bit mm.
3: Mm. there was one moment I don't think it was my first meeting with Emily but that was my second where it was a very lasting impression actually it was after like some KCM event or whatever. And I knew of Emily and that she was part of like your your Cheslow Barnes, like up, um your room. And I like heard of the same things that Lois talked about, like how she was like really funny. And like, I think I saw some pictures of you when you're in freshman year and you had like really short hair and like glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a very ah, distinctive a like person, like a look. So then I think the, second time that I actually met you um you swiped me at Covell brownie point there and then it was you me and Sarah we were just like talking I remember laughing so hard from that conversation when I mean, we were just talking about the most random stuff and then I was like man I really want to be friends with this girl so I think that was like my first like <laughs> and most distinct impression of Emily and it still
2: wow. is very
1: true yeah oh you still want to be my friend maybe someday we'll be friends <laughs> oh. someday <laughs> <laughs>
3: When you move
0: to California.
3: <laughs> or you move to Washington.
0: Generally a
2: very good first impression for Emily. Yeah, hey, everyone. Except Esther. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: you too, Lois. Yeah, yeah, Lois can't say anything. Wait, but Dude. I
2: like being mysterious.
3: That's yeah, your, you do. That's your you concept. Do. I do. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather start off with a, like... Um, like people mm-hmm. think that you're like, yes, thank you, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> people may have like a questionable first impression, but as they get to know you
1: better, they get more impressed versus mm-hmm. the other way around. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I remember Pastor Alex said this once, I think it was for a dating thing, but like it would apply to like all relationships, but he was saying that like, basically it's better for in like for him if you start off with a bad impression because you can always work up but he says if you start out with a really good impression like once you taint that it's very hard to like go back to the good impression because obviously Mm -hmm. the standard was like higher and like you technically ruin something whereas when you started bad it was like oh like I missed I like mistook your character and then like it's easy to like rise from there Mm -hmm. so Yeah, Yeah, I think that still applies to everything. Katie and
0: Emily, don't be so nice to people and don't be so funny, okay? Yeah, dude, we have a lot
1: of people to disappoint. Start
0: (laughs) start low. Yeah, yeah. Be like Esther,
2: start low. Mm Mm-hmm
1: we never Uh, talked about Enneagram (laughs) I know isn't that we should move on to that one I'm like I think Enneagram's a lot harder to or like I remember like going to a conference and she was like don't let people guess your Enneagram because like I guess that can like throw stuff off too but we're gonna go opposite of what she said can we guess each other's Enneagram yeah
0: okay yeah let's do it do you guys
1: know yours because I know Esther said she's like confused right like do you like generally know yours
0: I do. I'm just going to go off the one that I had last. Why don't we all just guess Esther's right now?
1: Oh, yeah. Should we do that? Okay. Uh... Yeah, I think eight. Just
2: like eight is like the more like strong, um, confrontational. Yeah, confrontational, just uh, more like not stubborn, but um, (laughs) able to speak their opinions more confidently, I guess. And Mm -hmm. they're just like the stronger people. What's the title? I think it's the boss. the boss. The
1: intimidator. (laughs) um eight is the challenger oh yeah
2: challenger yeah challenger and the boss
3: typically people that don't know what they are are typically six wait
0: Mm. i thought they were nines because nine is like the chameleon of the enneagram people used to tell me like oh i think you're nine
1: because you don't know what you are i thought oh yeah i think six is just the one that most people tend to be i don't think it's like the default one if you don't know though Nine and eight are very
3: contradictory though. Nine mm-hmm. is more of a peacemaker. They're yeah. they they don't
1: like confrontation. So Katie, are you saying you think she's a nine? I think she's a six. Oh, okay. What's a six? I'm a six. The loyalist.
3: Oh. Is it committed. Lois, mm-hmm. I thought we were gonna guess <laughs> <laughs> I know, right right say, the idea. I'm <laughs> a six. Scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs>
1: Can edit I was that gonna out. guess six anyways. I was gonna guess six. Same. <laughs> Easy. Um, but for Esther, I would have guessed three.
2: Mm. Mm. What is that?
1: The achiever.
2: Oh, uh, perfectionist, kind of. I don't I think one is one. one is perfectionist, yeah. Oh, three is like the performer.
3: Yeah, like, very success-oriented.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So I actually the last one that I got was a 3 eat um but I've actually gotten 9 and 1. I've actually never gotten 8 but um the reason why it's so hard is cuz when I read over these things like I feel like sometimes I am a peacemaker because I don't like conflict and I don't really mm. like confrontations. And so rather than having, like, conflict, I would rather just, like, kind of, um, just, like, give up my, like, per- like, personal preference or whatever just to avoid that. But I also feel like sometimes I'm a three and a one because I have moments where I'm just, like, really, like, ambitious and, like, achievers, I think, are, like, more, like, logical, right? Uh-huh. So in that sense, I feel like I'm a three
1: because there's like core fear. So, I mean, for the core fear for threes, it's um, being exposed as or thought incompetent, inefficient or worthless. And your core desire is having high status, respect, being admired, successful and valuable. And the core longing is you are loved for simply being you. Mm. so that's why they say the three is the one that like wears the masks and stuff so type nine it says core fear is being in conflict tension or discord feeling shut out and overlooked and your core desire is having inner stability and peace of mind so i feel Mm. like even threes can technically like be similar where they don't want to they want to avoid conflict but i think for nines it's like a core fear Mm. like you know like i feel like all of them are centralized around like a certain idea And then their core longing is your presence matters. So I feel like for you, it's not necessarily that you feel like your presence doesn't matter or anything like that. I think like there's the adaptiveness of like, I feel like everyone can express the other types, but there's just something about like that core idea for each type that should ring stronger for you than like the other things. So that's why I don't think you're necessarily a nine because I feel like sometimes you assert yourself like when you need to. Mm, That's true. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm a three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I solved that for you. <laughs>
2: All right, goal achieved for this podcast.
0: <laughs> All right, let's guess Emily's next. Easy. Two. <laughs> okay. Seven. Oh, wait, no, not a two. Katie's a two.
1: What can we both be twos?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe you are a two. I'll go with two. Okay,
1: we got a two. We got a seven. I'm gonna say seven as well. Okay, interesting. So I'm kind of like Esther, where at first I tested and I did nine. And then I tested, a, or I was between a nine and a two the first time, but it's interesting because I feel like I've been told by many people that they think I'm a seven. Mm. And after reading seven, I'm like, oh, I can relate to this. Even though like Esther, it's like, well, I do avoid conflict and I like not, I like being an inner peace, but I guess I realize, okay, that's not like a core thing. Like, it's just like something I prefer. And same with two. It's like, I like like. I like being appreciated, loved, and wanted, but doesn't everybody? <laughs> I guess that's not the core thing. But type seven, the entertaining optimist. I guess it says core fear is being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited, or bored, missing out on something fun. And core desire is being happy. And I think, like, reading oh. that, it's like, that's very true. Like, I wanna be happy. And I think that's why I like try to avoid conflict because that doesn't make me happy. Or, like, this is the reason why. Like, I try to be helpful because being helpful to the people I care about makes me happy. So I think that's how I kind of decided I'm probably a seven. Mm,
0: but. I actually never knew what a seven was until now. So, yeah,
1: it's interesting because I think part of the reason I didn't want to test as a seven was because that conference we went to for the Enneagram made it seem like sevens were like the party people. And like, <laughs> I like to party, but I'm not the party people. <laughs> like, Wait, it says a lot like,
2: of good stuff. Like, it says like your natural brainstormers, like spontaneity, like sometimes unaware of their popularity. You know, maybe I was
1: falling asleep on <laughs> seven, but honestly, like all the other pages I wrote down a lot but seven I think just initially when she was explaining it like I didn't feel like I was like the enthusiastic optimist or like the entertainer even though like I realize now it's like I do like to like entertain and I am very optimistic but yeah Mm -hmm. I think yeah I am pretty sure I'm probably a seven
0: yeah I think you're a seven now
1: (laughs) now that I know what it is The reason why I don't see you as a
3: peacemaker was tied (sighs) back to this one time. (laughs) And I think you all know what it is. When we went to Cheesecake Factory at the Grove. (laughs) And this was like our first time like getting back together after a long time of not seeing each other. And so, of course, we were like excited and like talking and like kind of maybe a little bit loud. And the table next to us was a couple And they were speaking in a foreign language and you can clearly tell they were like side glancing at us and like, like commenting or whatever, but we didn't really know what they were saying. And I remember Emily and I were sitting across from each other and we were the closest ones to the couple. And she was like, don't you, don't you think it's funny when people don't think they can, um, when
1: people, oh, I messed that up. What'd you say? You're like, don't you think it's funny when people don't think you can understand their language? (laughs) She said it just loud enough where they would be able to hear us.
3: And I was like, Emily, (laughs) stop.
1: Dude, and you know what's funny? They were streaking, I, I knew what language they were speaking. They were speaking Armenian and like I I grew up around the Armenian people, so I can tell when they're talking smack. And <laughs> I'm here with my friends and they dare talk smack at the cheesecake factory while we're eating our little avocado sliders. And yeah, I said that. I regretted the moment I said it. I was like, you oh I'm look like up. It. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I think that was a defensive like moment. But I think it's interesting that that disqualifies me from being a peacemaker. <laughs> <Definitely disqualifies. laughs> yeah. Respect, though. I would. I wish I could do that.
0: Wow, I can't even remember that. But I vaguely recall that happening, though. That's funny. Mm. Wait,
2: I just thought of the perfect example, though, of like Esther and Emily's, like, because like I feel like these personality things don't make sense when we apply it to like our real life settings. I can think of another um, instance where like it's more of you guys know told us about it but like when you guys were roommates and your other roommate and Emily was sleeping there and like you want to explain that because I feel like that shows like the opposite personalities of like what happened like Esther kind of had to come you know what I mean I don't know if Esther or Emily want to explain what happened (laughs) Emily you should explain
1: yeah (laughs) So one day, non-disclosed name of our third roommate, she's never listening to us. But straight up, we had a rando third roommate. It was me and Esther, friends from high school, and then we got this rando third, and we're like, "What could go wrong?" Well, she was very, but well, she was very different from us. She, like she was nice, but she partied a lot, and she brought over, you know, the boys. And me and Esther had no experience being around uh, the boys. So straight up, there was this time I was on the top bunk, and um, oh man, I almost, um, I like want to say. Her name, let's say Stacy. Stacy was on the bottom bunk, right? And there was one day where Stacy brought home the boy. I'm gonna say his name because I hated him, James. He was you like not cool. His name. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> After that traumatic experience, straight up, um, I was on the top bunk, just like watching my movie, just chilling, and then all of a sudden drunk stacy and james come in and they're all like giggling <laughs> and like i'm like oh it's about to go down but i thought okay you know they're just gonna flirt and like their bunk like she's on the bottom bunk so like i feel i feel the pressure of them like getting on Aww. and i'm just like oh you know they're just cuddling <laughs> and then straight up like i'm just like sitting on the top bunk like okay this is uncomfortable but you know like my earphones are in i'm watching something it's like fine all of a sudden like stacy's really tall so i see her get up from her bed she goes to the light switch and turns it off <laughs> and i'm like she knows i'm here maybe like she she can't see me through her drunk goggles but like i'm here <laughs> and then all of a sudden i feel like slightly more movement on the the bottom of the bunk. And then I like freaked out. And like, you know, the normal thing would be like, as a person on the top bunk, just like knock and be like, "Uh, excuse me, no. (laughs) But I was so non-confrontational that I like messaged Esther. And she was in SLR, which was like, I would say a good like 10 minute walk because of how many stairs there were. But I was like, Esther, they're doing the boom, boom in the room. Like I straight up wrote that. I was like, emergency, come right now. she had to walk up all the way and she came pretty fast so you know props to esther the homie and all of a sudden esther she doesn't even knock she like just zips open the door and opens it and then like looks straight at stacy and james and i just distinctly remember she looks at them walks in and she's like i need a change and <laughs> And I'm on the top bunk, like tears in my eyes because of what was going, like unfolding before me. And then I look and I'm like, like through my eyes, I hope she understood. I was like, you saved me. And then Stacy and James got up and they like left the room. And then I just looked at Esther. I was like, thank you so yeah I think that shows a huge difference in our confrontational personality so I think I think that makes neither of us peacemakers because like if I was a true peacemaker I think I would just silently stay there like cocooned in my blanket with like my music on blast and not done anything but I commissioned Esther to come and take over the situation. Esther how long did it take you to walk over?
0: I don't remember i was just in shock that emily was witnessing this so i was like oh my goodness i gotta go over there
2: <laughs> oh that's so funny good times yeah. good times i just thought it showed like a good example
0: of the difference. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still need to guess katie's
1: yeah y'all know what it is i'm pretty yeah i feel like katie's a two that one's yeah. like very easy the proofs in the pudding katie is like the one that everyone goes to for emotional support and like i feel like when you have like a favor i think katie's the one that would most likely say yes (laughs) like you just go to her Yeah, for sure
0: katie's a two no doubt
1: so katie would you say like you resonate very well with the two like the core fear being rejected and unwanted core desire being appreciated loved and wanted and your core longing is you are wanted and loved That's a lot of um, love (laughs) in there.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm, You know, I just like, I think one example that comes to mind was I like to cook and it's hard when you're just cooking just for yourself. And so it's a little bit easier just make a lot. And I think just sharing that or even having leftovers and then people saying, Oh, can I have some? Then it's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Um, so that's like where I think people like perceive like, oh, like I do a lot of things for people. Um, but I think I do resonate with like the idea that it's like a little bit harder for me to ask for help. And Mm -hmm. I think that in a way is me trying to feel loved um, mm. by people, by not asking for help or being like needy or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that's the way that I can like show love in my own way. Um, so then if I give everything to something or someone, then, and I put everything in it, then, and they don't give anything back, then that's nothing I can do or regret from. And, mm. um, then I, Kind of stray away from that basic fear of like not being Mm -hmm. loved. Mm -hmm. That was a very Mm -hmm. roundabout answer. I don't think I (laughs) answered the question.
1: No, I think it does. I I like. I remember the conference person like said that they were too, and it was interesting because they were using the example of like at like church when they were like, "Who wants to cook the cookies?" and like she or bake the cookies, and she's like, "I don't want to bake them," but no one else was raising her hand, and all of a sudden she found her hand raised, Mm -hmm. and it's like. I think there's like that there could be the misconception that it's easy for you to help other people or like easy for like you to like do all these things for other people. But like she was clarifying like, it's not that it's easy. It just like comes to you like nature wise. And so it's kind of like, are we just like baking cookies? <laughs> or You know, maybe you're the truest. You're like the, the God tier two and you're just <laughs> like cookies for everybody.
0: <laughs> do you think you also have like that desire to be needed? Because I know that's like a huge thing for twos.
3: Yes and no. This is something that actually have um, like reflected upon is that sometimes I think that I try to help when people don't want it or may not express that they want it. And I realized that from my own like actions and like thinking and like, um, yeah just thinking that maybe this person doesn't want it or maybe I'm like trying too hard to like help them when actually they just want to help themselves and just be on their own mm. um so I think what was your question again I forget <laughs> what you <I'm> were talking
1: about <laughs> you sounded like you knew what you were talking about until you just like all of a sudden what was the question <laughs>
3: oh
0: no I was just asking if you feel like you have that desire to be like needed
3: yeah I think that's where I place my friendships too and like how I express love and if I can't express in a way where the person may like need me or if I can help them then I don't feel like a valuable friend to them Mm. so I do Mm -hmm. try to like help out whenever I can but again like going back to my earlier point like sometimes that help isn't wanted necessarily Mm. so I'm just trying to take the approach of like waiting for people to extend a Extend a hand, or if I can tell like they need help, then I'll like help them or mm. offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, nice, okay. And then Lois, you know, gladly told us her my, <laughs> her, her enneagram. So even if even I, I got
1: amnesia, guess. I would have guessed <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, Lois is also pretty obvious. I feel like
1: mm.
2: I don't know because in the beginning, like when I went to this enneagram conference and I was like taking a bunch of tests and stuff, I would get um. Either helper or peacemaker, a lot too, because I'm very mm. non confrontational. Um, and I'll just like keep my mouth shut no matter what. Like, and like, I'd rather just not really butt into the conversations if it's not about me. Like, I've always been like the middle friend in any like friendships that I've had. Like, I'm never ever really in conflict with someone directly. I think it's always the friends around me have conflict with each other or something. And I was kind of in the middle. So I feel like that kind of made me feel like I was like a peacemaker or, um, but yeah, I think recently I've come to realize that I'm a six which is like much more like that my biggest thing is like security and like comfort Mm -hmm. and like being in my comfort zone and like being very analytical like the reason I like being in my comfort zone is because like if I can't plan out my next steps and it's like unpredictable I will not do it Mm -hmm. I feel like most of my life I've been living pretty like planned like everything Mm -hmm. according to my plans I got into the schools like I know what job I'm gonna go into like all that stuff I think yeah. like when I look deeply into like relationships, I feel like that sense of like insecurity sometimes comes out and I can tell that like, mm. I really need like to have that final answer in order to make my next step.
1: Wow. Wow that's like perfect on here online it says the core weakness is anxiety scanning the horizon of life and trying to predict and prevent negative outcomes especially worst case scenarios to remain and remains in a constant state of apprehension and worry Mm, Yeah, yeah that's
0: also very yeah I also remember when like Maybe this is irrelevant, but for some reason, I feel like it's relevant because Lois would always like call us her best friends. (laughs) And then when we wouldn't reciprocate that, she got really offended.
2: Yeah, then I just climbed back into my little hole and be like, I'm never going to call them
1: best friends. (laughs) I remember Lois became super like like I don't know if snarky's the right word but I remember like she was just like she's just like oh yeah like you're you guys are my best friends and we're like me and Esther were on the same train where it's like no Lois you can only have one best friend so like you can't call us your best friend and she's like so you're not my best friends and we're like <laughs> well, no. And she's like, fine. Like, she's like, she's like, I have so many best friends though. I have, I have Nari, I have, I have this best friend. I have like, I have a lot of best friends. Like, and then it was funny because in the end, it just came down to our definition of best friend being different. But I remember Lois view, like, there was like you could like she was like kind of joking, but at the same time, you could tell she was like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> I can't believe they don't agree with me and why not best friends. You yeah, just shut her down like, real quick.
2: <laughs> I feel like low key can have grudges and like a little bit sensitive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember straight up like I think we like Merriam-Webster like looked like we were like the definition of best is the (laughs) number the number one (laughs) like you can't have multiple. (laughs) I think in a way it's
2: because like my enneagram is also supposed to be like very committed type, and I feel like that goes into security too. Like Mm, I kind of need that like description and that label mm-hmm. to feel secure like oh these are my best friends and I they consider me their close friends as well mm-hmm. like obviously like we don't need to put a title to it like that but like I think it would, maybe it stems from that
3: yeah Lois have you ever had an experience where you just took a leap of faith of doing something <sighs> and it turned out really well rarely I don't think so <laughs> I
2: really like ponder over it for like a long time Ask I, I also need
0: affirmation. Yeah, I've never seen Lois make a decision like off the whim, like off course for yeah, at like, least one plans. with long-term
1: effects. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Lois can be flexible on like the surface level where it's like, oh like, like let's do like let's let's stay up till Dawn like something like <laughs> low-key dangerous, but it's not really dangerous. <laughs> but like on like the actual things that like Lois like needs to focus on, like I feel like like studying and stuff, I think she was the most grounded out of all of us, like mm-hmm. and like just like the things that would affect the long-term future.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I feel like that's why in that sense I keep saying I'm a thinker too. Cause I will I yes mm-hmm. I have feelings, but I will never just go off of that. I feel like I need lots of affirmation and opinions of like all the people around me also to confirm what I'm thinking and feeling and just like if it's unsure I'd rather just wait it out until it's sure but like sometimes things are never sure but I think that's Mm -hmm. why it's my struggle
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like the Enneagram but like I get it like but it's kind of like I, I remember I only got to look at the first part of the conference, but apparently the second part was like, okay, this is what you are. And now how does this work in relation to like how you love on other people? And like, I read more into that and I did like that. It's like, okay, like for instance, the perfectionist, like you see a one and they're like super nitpicky of all your mistakes, but you have to understand that for them, they're just as nitpicky with themselves and hard on themselves as they are on you. Like stuff like that's really helpful, but like. Dude, when it starts getting into, I'm a six wing eight, like I'm a nine wing two, like what the heck? Like in, in fear, I go to one, but in comfort, I go to nine. It's like, so I'm all the numbers.
0: Yeah. So that's why I say it's too complicated for me. So I just gravitate towards Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs. Yeah. I agree. Overwhelming Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Even when you said like, oh, I think Emily's a seven. I was like, what the heck is a seven? Like, I don't know these numbers.
3: (laughs) I'm kind of like on the opposite spectrum. I like Enneagram more than Myers-Briggs just because of how flexible it is. Because even with Myers-Briggs, sometimes it it could change like on a day-to-day basis. Um, Whereas Enneagram, you're a little bit more flexible with the wings. And um, if you're more in a stressful situation, then you take on qualities of like a one, for example, or a three, but your core fears and desire kind of stay the same and inform your decisions like the rest of your life. Um, but I do like Myers-Briggs where it kind of gives a little bit more information on the um, more obvious traits of a person and maybe like how they do think. Um, whereas Enneagram might be a little bit more overwhelming, like you guys said. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah. In the end, both Myers-Briggs and Enneagram are just tests, personality tests. And they just like only vaguely tell you what kind of person you are. So. If you want to get to know us, you got to get to
1: know us. (laughs) What? IRL. Unfortunately, because of COVID, no. (laughs) No (laughs) IRL.
0: Okay, wow. We hit like an hour, over an hour. Mm -hmm. So we should probably wrap it up. Well, thank you, everyone, for your input (laughs) and for your time.
1: Thank you, moderator.
0: (laughs) Yes. um, How should we close this out? We didn't talk about that.
1: That was a good leak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Oh,
2: leak reminds me of period.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> We're talking about pee. Oh my gosh.
2: Keep that in. What should we call our
1: fans? The leakies. Ew. Okay, no, are that's we, weird. Are we gonna have fans? Yeah, let's not jump ahead. For now, I think that's pretty good. That's a good. That was a good week, guys. (laughs) All right, see you guys
0: (laughs) next week. (laughs) Bye bye.